Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts with David. I'm your host as always, David Calvert. Thank you guys so, so much for taking time out of your day to listen to what this guy has to say. It means a lot, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So, you know, thinking this morning, you know, one theme just kept coming to mind, which was nostalgia. Um... You know, we all have this fondness for things in our past. This certain things, you know, you'd hear, and I don't know about every culture in the world, but, you know, in America, so many people of the older generations would talk about the good old days. You know, things were this, things were that, things were different, it was better. Um, The kids of this generation, they're... They're lazy and, you know, this, that, and the other. And if you think I'm just simply speaking about Gen X, talking about um, uh, millennials and zennials, um, you know, I'm not. Because literally every generation um, spoke down and negatively about the uh, following generation talking about how lazy they were, how they didn't respect their elders, so on and so forth. It's a perpetual cycle. It's been going on. Actually, I traced it back in history. Um, It's been going on nearly 5,000, 6,000 years um, in recorded history. Um, There's actually an ancient Assyrian tablet uh, that was found. And when translated, I want to say it was from like 2000 uh, BC um, that actually stated that the world was going to end because the children of the following generation um, you know had become so lazy that society was just going to fall apart and the entire world was going to be snuffed out by apathy essentially and I've talked about this in other, in other, um, you know, podcast episodes about how, you know, people think, oh, you know, why are the older folks always giving us millennials a hard time and so on and so forth. And it's, it's really, it's every generation does this. It's almost like a rite of passage. You know, you grow up and, uh, you know, the, the older folks are always talking bad about you young people. And then as you get older, you start talking bad about the young people coming up behind you. It's like this perpetual cycle that's been going on for thousands of years. <coughs> Sorry about that. So yeah, it's this perpetual cycle that's been going on for thousands of years. But nostalgia's different. Nostalgia's looking back in the past at something that you're very fond about or you have very positive emotions about, right? And it could be a particular thing, like a movie that you really enjoyed, or a song, or it could be an era, like the 80s. You know, a lot of people love the 80s. The 80s was a decade of excess. 
the 80s was a decade of, um, of, uh, you know, creation and technological advancement, the likes the world had never seen. Um, you know, there were so many new bands, uh, there were so many new types of music, um, you know, like hair bands, um, you know, metal was really coming into its own, um, you know, the rock ballad, um, Madonna, Madonna was actually probably the most, when she was a girl, and, and coming up in the, um, you know, when she was being discovered, she understood business far better, you know, a lot of people look at Madonna, and they think, oh, you know, she was just like this, this, um, uh, sexy singer, uh, who, you know, sung all these songs that were, you know, huge in the 80s, and she was just this mindless girl, which is not true, she was actually extremely, extremely, um, intelligent, she, um, when she was being signed, you know, she was talking to the record executives about her brand, you know, she was like, you know, Madonna's an icon, Madonna's a symbol, Madonna is, you know, and we're talking like this 15, 16 year old girl, um, you know, she was talking about merchandise, she was talking about t-shirts, and, um, you know, uh, different types of, you know, anything that Madonna's name was ever put on, like lunch boxes. I mean, she was talking about all of that different stuff, you know, um, dolls and whatever, you know, she was like, listen, you know, I want to endorse these types of makeup. These are the types of makeup I wear, you know, stuff like that. So she was actually very business centric. Um, and she was a businesswoman first and an, and an artist second, which is something I never really knew until I watched a biography on her on VH1 back in the 90s. Because, um, heck, honestly, I don't even know if VH1 still exists. And MTV is not music television anymore. It should be RTV, reality TV. Because um, I'm pretty sure that's all they ever air anymore is reality shows. Um, but yeah, MTV was invented, um, you know, and, and we realized that we, I mean, cause music videos had sort of kind of existed prior to MTV, but MTV was the first place to actually air music videos and to, you know, make that a prominent part of society, um, you know, and, uh, there was just, there was just so much, you know, good, a lot of pe things that people liked about the 80s, um, and that's part of nostalgia, right, and there's other great decades, uh, to look back on, um, you know, I, I particularly liked a lot of the music that came out, in the uh, 60s and 70s as well. Um, you know, and then of course, like a nostalgic thing for me is, I absolutely love the song Put a Candle in the Window by Creedence Clearwater Revival. 
the saxophone solo uh, in that song actually is what inspired me to really want to pursue learning to play music. The first instrument I learned to play was the saxophone. And a lot of people don't know this, but the saxophone actually was the rock and roll instrument of choice before the proliferation of the electric guitar and before people really started um, using the electric guitar as a lead instrument, like where you'd have these amazing rocking you know, like Santana and Joe Satriani and, um, you know, Joe Perry and, uh, you know, all these great, great, um, you know, legends of lead guitar, rock guitar type of thing. Um, most rock bands would have, you know, brass instruments and woodwind instruments in them as well because they needed something that could, you know, play these lead parts, you know. And um, so that song inspired me to, to, well, I'd wanted to play music before, but it's really where I focused. It was like, wow, yes, okay, I want to learn to play saxophone because I want to play that and then, you know, eventually I went to guitar, and the rest, you guys pretty much know, because I've talked about that, um, you know, and, and the song that really inspired me to want to take up the guitar, well, there were several, but the biggest influence was actually Chuck Berry, and the Johnny B. Good, uh, <clears throat> Rollover Beethoven, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, some of his great hits uh, really inspired me. The way he played guitar was different. Um, It was so unique Um, until, of course, the Beach Boys ripped off his sounds and started using them. Um, So, yeah, I used to actually be more of a Beach Boys fan. And then when I after I heard that and started listening to the songs, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me, really!" So I mean, I'm, I'll listen to Beach Boys if it's on the radio, but I don't pursue it to listen to it. Um, and then of course, like Jimi Hendrix. I mean, I I love just any of his slow songs. I love just sitting down and just jamming on them. Um, you know, like Little Wing, Hey Joe, uh, stuff like that. I really enjoy playing. Um, but I also like seeing now and on like flipping on YouTube and pulling up a tab sheet and, and learning a new song, you know, um, like Girl Like You by Maroon 5, um, you know, I learned that and, you know, just enjoy learning different types of songs, different styles of songs that I might not be familiar with. So, you know, it's always fun. But yeah, those are my nostalgic things for for music. Those are the two most prolific, you know, Put a Candle in the Window and Johnny Be Good are the two most prolific songs that I listen to as 
a teenager that really, well, actually preteen, really, because I want to say I started playing saxophone when I was 12. So I was a preteen to get me into playing music. And um, so I have that fondness for those songs. Um, but yeah, so... You know, I've given this long explanation of nostalgia, but, you know, the question is, and what prompted all of this, where it all started in my mind is, why do we hold on to these moments from our past and, and hold them in such high regard? We can't go back and relive them. But they give us strength, right? They give us warmth. You know, when I think of these things, these happy memories coming back to mind. You know, I have all of these, these um, thoughts that come to mind. You know, this positive reinforcement. You know, and sometimes it's hard to remember certain things and details, or even broad brushstrokes of memories when you're trying to think of something, but then you think of something like that song, Put a Candle in the Window, and instantly my mind is being transported to seeing the first time I took it to um, a local musician at a church um, and having them check out the saxophone after my dad bought it for me. Um, and then we took it to a music store to have it repadded because my dad, uh, well, at the time, saxophones were extremely expensive. You know, your average alto saxophone would run $1,300, $1,400. My dad didn't have that much money, so he bought it secondhand. And nowadays, you can buy saxophones. I've seen them as cheap as $200. Um, but anyway, so we had to have it repadded. So we took it to the music store so they could put new pads on it and, um, you know, rebuild it. And then, you know, I took lessons and uh, I remember sitting in this little basement of a building, <laughs> taking music lessons, learning to play um, and hating it because I just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. Um, but I got good enough to actually start playing in a local local band and learned a lot more in that than I ever did from taking lessons because I was able to practically apply it. I did want to learn how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. I wanted to learn how to play fun stuff. And... Um, you know, Mary found her lamb long before I was born, so I didn't care, right? So, you know, all these memories flood into mind. I remember playing. I remember, you know, playing at different places. And then I remember getting my guitar. And then after about six weeks of lessons, playing there. And I remember touring. I remember going from place to place, city to city. And, um, you know, playing at open 
open uh, band nights, open mic nights, stuff like that, and, and just having a good time. You know? And, um... You know, all these positive memories flood in, you know? And, uh... You know, other memories, you know, just scatter through, you know, as I'm searching for this. And, you know, but those are prominent memories, almost like my mind has keyed them up to, like, this is what you ask for. Almost like a, a Siri search or a Google search. You know, these are the, this, these are all the related categories based on your search results, you know. And it's almost like, you know, the search engines were built off of that same premise, you know, which they were because you have to be able to think, you know, the search engine has to be able to think and interpret what you mean, you know. And I've used many, 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 many different search engines through the years because, quite frankly, there's a lot of search engines that I used to use that don't actually exist anymore, Um you know, that when the internet was still new. Um, you know, I mean, I remember I used to use a web crawler. That was my favorite search engine. And when Yahoo came on the, you know, came out on the block, you know, we were like, Yahoo, that sounds stupid. I never used that search engine. And the next thing you know, everybody's using Yahoo. And then Google comes out. And I was like, that just sounds dirty. I don't know. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm Googling stuff. That just sounds wrong, you know. So, um, you know, I didn't use Google. And a lot of people, that wasn't just me that said that. There were several, you know, I remember several jokes and things going around in chat rooms. People bashing Google. And now Google's the world's largest search engine. Everybody uses it, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, there are some people that use Bing. Um, I've tried to use Bing, and I just literally, I would type the same thing into a search box on Bing and type it into a search box on Google. And the actual website that I was looking for would show up on Google. I would never be able to find it on Bing, so I use Google. Um, there are, I mean, Yahoo's still around, um, I don't use it because they are the world's greatest company at losing your personal information to hackers. Um, they used to get hacked nearly every six months. Uh, you'd see it in the news. Yahoo systems breached user account data potentially leaked. Like every six months in the news. And then Verizon um, bought them out. And you don't hear about those breaches anymore, but I think it's more because nobody actually really uses Yahoo. Um, um, and they'd be out of business if it wasn't for the fact that they got purchased. So, um, yeah, that's just a matter of, I guess, luck or providence on their side. 
But yeah, so, I mean, the mind works really interestingly when you think about these things and then all these connected... All these connected memories come together and start playing in your mind. And you see all these, it's almost like a string or a feed coming together, just pulling the next thought and the next thought together. And it's really interesting on in how these moments from our past shape who we are. And when we think back on them, how the memories and the thoughts and these different positive emotions, these different, or I mean, even negative emotions, in whatever the case may be, whatever we have psychologically associated with that thing, those memories start coming back as well. And it's really interesting how the mind works and how we, you know, process data. I mean, you know, I don't even pretend to understand it. I mean, humans have been on the earth for, you know, 10,000 years or more, you know. There's not exact historical figures on on that, um, you know. But somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 years, 12,000 years, something like that. And, uh, you know, we, we've, so much history has been lost to time, um, to, um, like being buried. <laughs> and us not even knowing that it exists because it's buried, like literally buried, um, or underwater. Yeah, because changing tides and um, global warming over the last 4,000 years and all that. Um, you know, and, it, and not even massive global warming, but like, for instance, the, the Dark Ages... It's believed that the Dark Ages happened, you know, which was one of the, like, deadliest times in human history, you know, people died from disease and famine and all these other problems. Uh, that was believed to be because the temperature of the Earth actually went up an average of five degrees. And uh, so no one knew how to plant crops um, and the weather and how to properly maintain them because the weather was on average five degrees higher and growing, um, plants is a pretty precise thing. You know, if you have a, a fertile area to grow plants and then all of a sudden it's four to five degrees hotter, that area might not be quite as fertile because the heat might be too much for those particular plants to, to thrive in. You might have to move, to another area that's got a better shading or um, facing a different direction, um, you know, or has something that will help keep the plants from getting too hot and the food from not being produced properly. Now, nowadays, 
it's not such a big deal because we have all this technology and chemicals and everything else that we make plants grow regardless of whether they should or not. Um, and that's, I'll leave that up to the scholars to figure out if that's a good idea, but obviously we need to eat, so I see it as must be a good thing, right? Um, but back then they didn't have that, so, you know, they just threw seeds in the ground, and if it grew great and they lived, if it didn't, well, bummer, <laughs> you know, um, they didn't live. So, you know, that is what caused the Dark Ages. That's what's believed to have actually caused the Dark Ages was that shift in temperature um, and an increase of only five degrees. So, you know, I don't even know how I got on that tangent. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, you know, throughout history and our, our stint on Earth, you know, there's, there's so much that has been lost. There's so much that we're still discovering and still translating. I mean, it's been, you know, not too long ago that the Rosetta Stone was actually translated. Um, it's only been a matter of a few years, you know, maybe a decade since, uh, the ancient tablet from the Babylonian empire that was found has been translated. Um, and if you want to talk about an impressive feat in history, um, a lot of the information on that tablet from Babylon was actually um, star charts and um, the orbit of planets. They had actually realized that some of the stars in the night sky were actually planets. And you might think, oh, well, you know, whatever. What does that have to do with anything? Well, think about it. Galileo invented a telescope. You know, only you know, several hundred years ago. The Babylonian Empire vanished off of the face of the earth thousands of years ago. And, you know, they knew about planets. They, they actually had realized that planets um, like Earth actually rotated around the sun. And they actually had tracked how long the orbits of the planets were. Like, they had basically used mathematics and um, figured out, like, the orbital time frames of planets. Like, you know, I want to say they, they knew of Venus... Um, Mars, you know, the moon, obviously, and uh, Jupiter as well, which is pretty impressive considering they didn't have telescopes. And, you know, we're talking thousands of years ago. I mean, even if you go back in any texts where they talk about Babylon, anything, I mean, even... 
like in the Bible, for instance, Babylon's only mentioned in the Old Testament. And then after that, you don't hear anything else about it. So that would have been, you know, many thousands of years ago, right? Because regardless of what you actually believe, one way or the other, uh, the Bible is still a historical text of, of sorts as well, right? So, um... But yeah, so to think about how much they knew back then and how how they figured stuff out is just mind-boggling. To find this ancient tablet in history and to actually read it and be like, oh yeah, it looks like according to this, they figured you know that it takes about nine hundred years for the planet Jupiter to orbit the sun or whatever. You know, I don't know. I'm just because I don't have it in front of me. But you know, they they knew how long it took for it to orbit around the sun based on watching it move across the night sky. Which is ridiculous to think, you know. Because, I mean, we've obviously figured all this stuff out with satellites and, uh, you know, sending probes out in space and, you know, uh, great giant telescopes that we've, we've built to observe the night sky. And... You know, in case you're wondering, because you probably are thinking, like, I wonder if David's a flat earther, which is probably not crossed your mind. But no, I'm not a flat earther. Um, I have been in planes. I've looked out windows and I've seen the curvature of the earth. So I have I have witnessed with my own eyes the um, the fact that the earth is, in fact, you know, rounded. So, um But anyway, yeah, so fun stuff, um, a trip down memory lane, a thought about nostalgia, and, you know, just a relaxing day. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys for taking the trip with me. And uh, with that being said, car thoughts out. We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey of our business startup or we're coaching or we're writing and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that is pretty difficult to get the word out there, but that's exactly where I come in. I want to host an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn, Andrada Anite, or reach out to David and he will help you get to me. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand.